I'm Brian Lowe, and this is the USA Rugby League Show. The 2021 Rugby League World Cup America's Region qualifiers are one and done, and this entire episode is dedicated to them. We look back on the series with all four coaches, and we get the RLIF's take on the whole thing. It's a little different to what we normally do, but our biggest show to date is coming your way right after these brief messages. You've seen them online and in print, so you know they specialize in authentic rugby league merchandise. When you want your favorite team's jersey, whether it's club or country, order it directly from MazCourtBrowns.com. MazCourt Browns, proud partners of the USA Rugby League Show. If you need a better way to turn business leads into sales, choose Momencio. It's an event enablement tool for trade show exhibitors. Momencio is more than just lead capture. It gives customer engagement insights. For more information, go to Momencio.com. This is the USA Rugby League Show with your host, Brian Lowe. Well, we're dedicating this whole episode of the USA Rugby League Show to the World Cup America's Region Qualifying Series, of course, just concluded in Jacksonville, Florida. And to start the program, I thought it would be most appropriate to talk to the winners. And by that, I mean one of the men, probably the guy, who's been the main driving force behind the Jamaican reggae warriors for some years now, Romeo Monteith. Hello, Romeo. Hi, thanks for having me on. Ah, it's our pleasure. We uh, we wanted to have you on earlier in the year, but we weren't able to get to it because of, you know, challenging schedules and time differences and all the rest of it, but we've got you now. And of course, as I said, I want to talk to you because congratulations, first of all, because you guys won for the very first time for Jamaica the America's Region qualifiers. So uh, let me start by asking you how you feel about all of that. Um, well, you know, we're very elated. Um, as we would say in Jamaica, um, we're glad bug boss, which means that, you know, we're just, we're just uh, overcome with happiness. Um, it's been a long struggle, um, obviously, uh, supporting and maintaining the game in Jamaica. Um, you know, a lot of people have doubted us over the years. And, um, you know, said that we're, we're wasting our time trying to promote the sport on the island. And, um, you know, it's sort of this historical uh, moment where, you know, Jamaica, um, you know, brand Jamaica really, 2021 in England, I think, is going to be the talk of, of, of the World Cup. And um, I just think it's a great achievement. Um, you know, it's an overwhelming feeling to see the boys who have been toiling for years and years and years. You know, people like Joe Brown and Lamont Bryan and, and Danny Thomas were all there when we played our first international in 2009 you know to believe um that you know they'll be able to actually um you know see jamaica make a world cup you know um it's just incredible yes it is now you and i go back uh, some years 2010 was when we first met i was back in jacksonville uh, covering the atlantic cup in those days the last time i saw you was in 2015 also in jacksonville funnily enough at the end of the uh, qualifying series that time. Now, after that, you put together a three-year plan, or probably you were looking at that time a four-year plan, because we didn't all know that we were going to have this series uh, this year. We thought it was probably going to be in 2019. But that three-year plan you put together obviously uh, took a lot of effort on your part. You, you, you selected your core bunch of players, and it paid off. It, it paid the dividend, didn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when I took over as head coach in, in um, the end of uh, 
2011, you know, after the sale of the first uh, campaign, um, you know, obviously, my, my philosophy is, um, you know, I want Jamaicans, wherever they are in the world, whether on the island or, you know, in England or wherever, in America and Canada, um, you know, um, once the guys are willing to put their hands up to represent their country and they're good enough, I want to give them an, an opportunity. Um, you know, due to financial uh, constraints, you know, we were never really able to um, have a, a group of guys together um, playing consistently. So in 2015, you know, we had eight domestic players uh, join, 12 UK-based players, you know, um, to, to challenge in those qualifiers. Um, but, you know, they came in cold, you know, they, they, they hadn't had a game together, um, you know, since 2011. And, um, you know, we lost two very close games against, so we lost a close game against USA, you know, um, 20 points to 14. And, of course, we blew an 18-point lead um, against Canada in the second game um, to see, you know, our, our, our campaign um, uh, grind to a halt. And, you know, I, I, I really took some reflection. And, um, you know, Roy Calvert and myself, you know, Roy is my partner in crime, you know, we've been doing this, plugging away and developing the game in Jamaica for a better part of a decade. And, um, you know, we sat down, we had a, an, an honest talk with each other. And um, we said, you know, what is it that we need to do in order to um, have one last go at World Cup qualification? Because obviously, having spent you know so many years of our lives um, pursuing a dream, you know, alongside developing the game in Jamaica, we thought that we had probably um, gas for just one more campaign. And you know, one of the things that we said to ourselves was we thought that there were some difficulties in terms of how our UK-based players responded to us um, as the lead coaches. Um, you know, there were obviously cultural uh, differences, uh, you know, um, the professional atmosphere is much different from the amateur atmosphere, I would imagine. And, um, you know, we, we went to the players and we said to them, guys, you know, obviously we came close, but you know, it still wasn't good enough. Um, you know, what can we do in order to give you guys, you know, the, the best shot at qualification next time around? And you know, the boys are pretty honest and, you know, they said, you know, um, they think that they need, um, you know, the professional voice in, in the team, you know. They think that having a UK-based uh, coach um, involved as well would really help because, um, obviously, you know, um, that's what the players are used to. And, um, you know, Ryan and I said, you know, let's let's go for it. So, you know, we, we went around and contacted a few persons and, you know, thankfully, Jermaine Coleman, who is of um, Jamaican heritage, based on London scholars, you know, he put his hand up. Obviously, Glenn Morrison, um, who's an Australian uh, former international, put his hand up as well. And um, said, you know, I, I believe in what the boys can do because, you know, he himself had seen a couple of the heritage players playing across in England. And, you know, so we put together a plan and we said, uh, let's try to get the guys playing together um, in Europe, especially the UK-based players, whilst domestic players would be playing in the America's Championship. And then, of course, the idea was to uh, pick the best players um, from two pools. I mean, obviously, um, the UK-based players um, are more advanced in terms of their approach to the game and their skill level. And, and so, you know, the, the core of this team that qualified, um, obviously, is from the UK. And um, the good thing is that they've been playing together, really, since 2016, well, 2015 with us, uh, Ryan myself leading on the coaching side, and then from 2016 onwards. Um, and, and it paid off because... If you look at our performance against the USA, um, you know that, that is a team that is a team that has gelled, that is a team that is used to each other, that is a team that, that trusts each other, and um, you know we were just so happy 
um, to be able to, to see the final uh, whistle blown and um, to see Jamaica um, achieve the impossible dream. Yeah, you know, uh, Romeo, I think we've all seen that uh, video clip of you guys, uh, the, just the, the sheer exhilaration or jubilation is probably a better word when that final whistle went. Hey, listen, um, I want to ask you, up until now, uh, Jamaica, certainly for Australians, Englishmen, New Zealanders and so forth, probably better known for, for cricket and perhaps here in the uh, North America sphere, uh, better known as a, as a holiday destination. But uh, you, you guys are changing all that, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, you know, we're we're proud of our country, and um, you know, we Roy and myself, you know, along with others, we believe in nation building and in contributing and giving back. That's so we were, and um, you know, rugby league has been the vehicle for us. Um, you know, we do a lot of stuff on the island. Um, we have rugby league in the colleges, and guys getting scholarships, and you know, being able to 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 see themselves through college playing rugby league. Um, and and you know, the, the big card for us was to really um. You know, to really promote brand Jamaica through an avenue that no one knew about, and and that was rugby league. As I said, you know, people laughed at us. You know, when we were saying that, hey, you know, we can do this. Um, but you know, the, the whole idea was to um, leave a lasting legacy. And you know, I mean, hopefully, coming from this, hopefully, we get a feel, finally get a feel in Jamaica where the kids can play in, in a safe environment and get off those high pitches. Um, you know, so. We, we, that's why we were so elated, you know, everyone exploded because, you know, we know that it's, it's a moment in time, you know, there's no guarantee that you'll ever, um, you know, have that opportunity again. Um, sports, it's, it's a brutal arena, um, you know, our football, our soccer, as, as the North Americans know it, as team, qualified for the, the, the World Cup in 1998 and they've not been back since. You know, so I mean, we weren't holding anything back on Saturday, man. We we, we knew that um, we had done um, what was said to be impossible within our lifetime. There were many times we doubted ourselves, and um, you know that's why there was such an explosion. I mean, all the sacrifice. You know, I, I live away from my family, man. My family lives in Canada, and um, for two to three years now, and um, I didn't go with them because I just couldn't leave. Um, you know what, what we were doing, just like that. I said, you know. Um, I have to see this through. You know, I mean, Roy, it's the same thing. You know, we, we give up so much of our time um, to see the sports drive. And uh, it's all of that combined. I mean, obviously, the UK based players, um, people like Joe Brown, Lamont Bryant, you know, they've been paying their way to represent Jamaica for years, you know, since 2009. Um, you know, they've been at the, the end of some close defeats to the USA. Um, some of the domestic boys, Marvin Thompson and, um, you know, Ronaldo Wade played in both games you know they've been at the, the, the end of some drubbings by the states as well yeah in the last two years when, when, when we played in the america's championship so all that uh, combined emotions really um went into that moment and yeah it, it's it's something that we'll always remember yeah i'm sure you will i guess i should also mention that usain bolt uh also from jamaica so uh, you guys are uh, up there in uh, elite company one final thing Romeo, I, I have seen reports or suggestions and, and uh, posts on social media, if you like, comparing or, or likening perhaps your, your victory in this series to Tonga's rise in the world of rugby league. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm flattered by the comparison, really. I mean, obviously, um, much respect to Tonga, uh, shaking up the establishment in the last World Cup, I mean, making the semifinals and 
of course, losing by just one square, you know, I mean, that was massive. Um, you know, the sea of red. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I watched all their games, and I mean, sometimes, I mean, I just scared up when I saw the response of the fans and when they did, um, you know, when, when they did their cultural war dance and stuff like that. So, I mean, Tonga was massive, man. I mean, um, so, so, to, so to be mentioned just in that um, same sentence, you know, we feel really honored. Um, I think there are definitely some similarities that you can look at. You know, there, I think there are over like 800,000 uh, Jamaican, Jamaicans um, living in, in, in England. Um, there, there would be a couple more hundred thousand West Indians. So certainly, um, there's a huge market that, you know, if, if, if the, the Rugby League uh, World Cup Limited is, is smart and, you know, they're able to, you know, help us to market and to, to, to tap into that, it's, it's a whole new market for Rugby League, I think, in terms of additional fans um, for the game in, in the UK um, and, and just to, to bring people together through sport. Um, I, I would love to see a sea of black, green and gold, you know, in, in 2021, but a lot of that has to do with how the game is marketed. Um, we know have to be smart about things, and I think we just have to be proactive. I mean, obviously, in Australia, I mean, there were a couple of games where, you know, I mean, stadiums, you know, there are a few empty seats and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that it's different um, for 2021 because it's a massive opportunity. And, yeah. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not one that we should let uh, go by. Yes, it is, and uh, well, you know, I guess on the plus side, you've got three years to figure that out. Well, listen. Romeo, it's been great catching up with you again. It's been too long, my friend. Congratulations once again on your uh, triumph in the World Cup qualifying series, and we look forward to seeing Jamaica in the 2021 tournament. Yeah, man, thanks much. I just want to say you know, much love and respect out to you know, the USA Hawks and um, the Canada uh, Wolverines and also to, to the Chileans. I mean, much respect to you guys. One love, man. Take care yourselves and big up to all the league fans around the world. One love. In the next segment, we'll be joined by USA Hawks head coach Sean Rutkison. So don't go away. USA Hawks merchandise is must-have. Hats, supporters' jerseys, polo shirts, and training shorts for men and women, all by Paladin, are available in the USA Rugby League store. Shop Paladin's USA Rugby League collection at usarl.org. Want more bang for your buck when advertising your business? You could advertise right here. Podcast advertising matches your business with the right listeners, and this could be your ad playing right now. For more info, visit usarl.org to be part of the USA Rugby League show. This is the USA Rugby League show with your host, Brian Lowe. Well, joining us now is USA Hawks head coach Sean Rutkison as we review the uh, the World Cup qualifiers. Hello, Sean. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. First up, commiserations on the loss in the final to Jamaica. Uh, sounds like it was uh, a fairly close tussle, particularly in the second half. It didn't, you know, there, were, there was no scoring. But what, let, let me start by asking you, what was your take on the game in general? Uh, we gave away a lot of penalties. The first half it was a very stop-start, which suited Jamaica. They obviously didn't want to get into a, um, didn't want to get into a grind, and uh, got off to a 16-point start, and uh, we managed to peg him back a couple of points. But uh, yeah, the second half, I mean, all those penalties in the first half are just um, when you got to defend that much, it, it, it takes a toll, and uh, and we just didn't have enough gas left in the tank in the second half to um, to peg him back. Yeah, typically you don't tend your team doesn't tend to give away a lot of penalties. So was it a lack of discipline on this occasion, or just what was it? Do you think? 
Uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, yeah, definitely lack of discipline. I mean, guys were doing things that are uncharacteristic of us um, and they kept doing it and, um, and it cost us. Do you think that was because of the occasion, because there was so much riding on the outcome? Do you think that the guys uh, played differently than they have before? Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe felt a bit of that pressure. Um, yeah, or I, I can't explain you know, how they were feeling, but, but my take on it was, um, I, I probably expect a little bit of, you know, niggle at the start, just while we're uh, getting into the game, you know, for a couple of penalties, whatever, at the start of the game. But uh, we continued to do it, and, and it was, um, yeah, it was um, uncharacteristic of us, and it was just, uh, it hurt, and uh, that's not the way we, we play our game, and we got to fix that. Yeah, now, when I spoke with you after the Chile game, you said that uh, you thought that, the, that you guys had played okay, though not brilliantly, d- despite the big scoreline. But you also said that in order to beat Jamaica, you were probably going to have to uh, step it up probably three times the level of that game. Well, that, that did that happen in your mind or no? In a couple of patches, we did. Uh, but the, some things went against us and uh, didn't allow us to play our game. So, you know, we did, I believe we did take it up a notch, but, you know, it just wasn't enough. And, and, and the way the game went, it just uh, things didn't fall into place. And, you know, full credit to Jamaica. They stuck to their game plan and, and they got the win. Good luck to them. Um, you know, they, they got the points on the board. They played the game how they wanted to. And, and, and uh, yeah, they got the they're in the World Cup and we ain't at the moment. Well, okay, that was my next question. I know it's uh, early days. I mean, the, the game is still fresh in your mind, obviously, and uh, uh, USA Rugby League will be, um, you know, reviewing everything with, with a view to... to I, 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 as I understand it, you, you do have the opportunity to compete in a World Playoff group next year if you decide to, if, if the USA decides to. It's not, a, it's not a done deal necessarily, is it? I don't, I don't know the full the full scope of it, but but as far as I'm aware, we've got another shot at it, and we'll be we'll be taking that shot. Yeah, it's it's basically, I guess, in rugby union terms of World Cups, it would be classed as a rapid charge, and you'll probably have to go up against uh, uh, several other teams from other parts of the world, obviously, and the and the, and the the team that emerges winner uh, gets the last berth to oh. to the 2021 World Cup. So. Uh, I, I, as I said before, that's a long way off, probably 12 months or so. In the meantime, um, to use an old cliche, is it back to the drawing board for you and Brent and, and everybody else? Yeah, mate, we've got a few things we need to fix up um, all, all across the board, and uh, we'll be doing that. And we'll be doing everything we can to make sure that we're in the World Cup. So whatever chance we, we get, and we're lucky that we get another chance, we'll be taking it. Well, Sean, uh, personally, you've had a pretty good season. I mean, the, the, the loss against Jamaica aside, you, you coached the Jacksonville Axemen to the national championship. You went unbeaten. Uh, you, you got by Chile with a, with a pretty comfortable scoreline. You only just got edged um, in that final game. So, so all in all, would you, would you agree that you've had a fairly successful 2018 uh, yeah, well, with the action, look, we did well. Uh, we're undefeated, and uh, that's the first first loss this year at 
at Jacksonville here, that's our home ground. I guess Jamaica was um, the first loss this year, so I'd say, um, yeah, reasonably successful, but um, the actions were, were awesome all year. I've just, you know, it's just hard, um, yeah, what do, what do you say, like a, a bit of pill to swallow losing to Jamaica in, in the fashion and in the, in the way the game, the, the way that that game went. It's just, um, yeah, but full credit to Jamaica. They won and then World Cup. But as far as a successful season, yes. Yeah, I, I suppose it's that's that's probably the the fairest way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah, it was pretty good domestically. You obviously wanted to go all the way, uh, you know, in in, in international uh, terms. It didn't happen, but uh, it's not the end of the world. Like you said, uh, there's still next year. Yeah, that's right. We still got another shot, so we're lucky. All right, Sean. Well, listen. Uh, thank you for your time again. Commiserations, but but thanks for your uh, accessibility all season long. It's it's really been appreciated. No problems, mate. Thanks for, thank you for your help. Next up, we talk with Ben Fleming, head coach of the Canada Wolverines. Want more bang for your buck when advertising your business? You could advertise right here. Podcast advertising matches your business with the right listeners, and this could be your ad playing right now. For more info, visit usarl.org to be part of the USA Rugby League show. You've seen them online and in print, so you know they specialize in authentic rugby league merchandise. When you want your favorite team's jersey, whether it's club or country, order it directly from MassCourtBrowns.com. MassCourt Browns, proud partners of the USA Rugby League Show. This is the USA Rugby League Show with your host, Brian Lowe. Joining us on the line for the first time on the USA Rugby League show is head coach of the Canada Wolverines, Ben Fleming. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Now, congratulations, Canada. When I say congratulations, you went one and one in the World Cup America's Region qualifiers. So I think that's worthy of congratulations. On top of that was also your uh, your maiden win as the, the head coach, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it's uh, few and far between, I think. We snared a victory against Jamaica in 2016 uh, in America, and then, uh, yeah, beat, beat Chile this time. So, long time between drinks, but uh, pretty happy that you know, we laid a platform. Uh, hopefully we can carry on now into the future. Okay, let's talk about the qualifiers. Let's start with the Jamaica game. 38-8 was the final uh, in, in favour of the Reggae Warriors. What were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, just, I mean, I always, when I saw their side, uh, you know, released, I always thought they were the favourites. Uh, they had been, you know, building quite steadily, playing France and Wales um, over the last two years and really started to build a base of heritage players over in the UK. So we were always going to, you know, be up against it, uh, especially given that, you know, we were flying players in two days early and, we didn't have the resources or infrastructure, I guess, um, you know, like Jamaica we had been building. Uh, so, yeah, they're very, I mean, gallant, gallant effort, um, saying to the fellas that uh, it was, uh, although bitterly disappointing uh, and quite an abrupt halt to the trip, um, you know, you scratch the surface and you can't be any prouder because Jamaica were professional and semi-professional athletes and, you know, we only had one or two athletes, uh, professional athletes, and, and we had a host of domestic players that really took it to them for 50 and 60 minutes. So, um, you know, 
four at half time and twelve eight. You know, we get those two conversions and it's twelve all, and you know, you start to put a pr- bit of pressure on the on the expectant uh, winners, uh, and you know, you don't know what happens with that. Not to mention, we play with a lot of a lot more confidence. Uh, got a bit of wind in ourselves, but it didn't happen, and that's the way footy goes. But you know, a bounce of the ball, a refereeing decision here, and all of a sudden, you know, changes the game. So. We're stronger for it. Uh, you know, full credit to Jamaica, Romeo and his team have worked bloody hard to uh, accomplish accomplish that, and he deserves it all. Yeah, well, just on that comment, uh, you mentioned that uh, they had been building, you know, and they had a lot of uh, uh, players who, who ply their trade in the UK these days. Uh, I know that Romeo has been working since 2015 over the past three years. The end goal was to win this particular uh, qualifying series, they've done that. But but as far as you're concerned, I, I thought you had a good squad. I particularly like the fact you had a bunch of homegrown guys who I thought were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had done uh, our wide, well, really sort of driven some recruitment and tried to find some players that, uh, you know, were heritage listed and approved. And yeah, we had a different squad from 2015 um, and probably a better squad with no disrespect. Just uh, a better squad full of it, you know, with, with more experience. They played the game a lot longer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't to be, mate. Um, you know, unfortunately, we need to try and uh, create stability. Um, we had, I guess, other NRL players um, that couldn't make it. Um, and I think that would have bolstered our confidence and our experience, for sure. I think we had five players that were heritage listed that couldn't play. Um, so that really, you know, all of a sudden, if you have our uh, those five guys, then all of a sudden you start to think maybe we're the favourites, or maybe we're the what the ones that can match it with Jamaica. And, um, but again, it, it's not to be. We've got to try and create stability and uh, off the field too now with our governance and our board, and do what you know, try and replicate something that Romeo's done. So you know, uh, from 2015 to 2018, he really built something worthwhile and attainable um, and you know us beating Chile uh, I think gives us creates that motivation as I stated before we had one in a while and you know we spoke about the disappointment and then we spoke about you know uh, riding the ship and uh, you know winning against Chile to, to create a um, you know a better environment uh, that we can work towards and, and build towards for four years time for when we have to qualify again well, let's talk about that Chile game. You guys racked up more than 60 points. Uh, that was the second game in a row for the Chileans to give up 60. What were your thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, we, we played well. Uh, I'm probably a little disappointed. We lost our way a little bit in the, in the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, some of the boys uh, spoke about earning the right to go wide. Um, you know, we I think we got a little bit lazy. We just started to throw it wide, you know, uh, later in the game just because we were up by 20 or 30 and um, so we sort of steadied the ship there uh, you know we had our big forwards playing and um, you know they really got us forward and, and then we had the right to go wide so yeah it was good and a full credit to Chile you know anybody new as uh, a new team um, with limited experience uh, is always going to be doing it tough and Canada went through it every other team goes through it so they're going to be better for it they scored 12 points you know, and I think their fullback scored the, the first two Chilean tries in an international or a qualifying match. So, you know, I think they'll only get better and better. And uh, again, for us, 
uh, tasted in a while and you know, hopefully we can now build on build on that success uh, for many years to come. Ben, what did you think of the format this time around? Uh, there was an extra team, obviously the Chileans. Uh, so instead of having three games, every team just played the two. You had the double headers. Um, did, did you think that was a fair way of doing it, or a good way, or because it was kind of compressed, wasn't it? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I know Romeo has commented before, and probably echo those comments. It's pretty disappointing to know that you know you build up for a tournament, and then you know within after one game, two two, two teams are out. Um, yeah, it's bitterly disappointing, I think, and we were on the the, the end of that. Um, and it was always going to be two teams that were going to exit pretty much just after the qualif- just after the tournament started. So, you know, I think it needs to be a bit of a shake-up because uh, we want uh, we want a few more games. And, uh, yeah, I think if we can go back to what we had last time uh, in 2015, and that would be uh, terrific. Um, but again, you know, um, I don't know time and restraints and whatever else it seemed like. You know, I guess it was thrown together pretty quickly this this time around, and uh, that in itself is disappointing. But uh, you know, all the feedback and and uh, you know the excitement for the Americas is there. It's now again just trying to create some some um, clearer transparency and expectations, and and again stability for the Americas region. Okay, well, just on that, Ben, what are your thoughts on you know since the World Cup last year, we've had a lot of uh, well, lots of people, uh, particularly in the media, talking about the need to grow the game internationally. Um, and specifically, they want to get uh, a foothold in the United States because it's the biggest sporting market on the planet. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I think it's good. Um, I wasn't around in 2015, but you know, I've certainly heard that uh, you know, from 2015 to 2018... <laughs> the growth of the game in America's probably gone backwards and it has forwards. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, there's nothing wrong with building it and I think tapping into the American um, sporting culture is, uh, you know, can really benefit rugby league. But like I said, there has to be probably some constructive criticism and, and an understanding of the volunteers working hard here that, uh, you know, know what we can do and can't do and, and uh, you yeah. know, uh, just better to have more like more people and players working together, I guess, as opposed to uh, a limited number uh, from afar. And uh, but again, you tap into the American market, and uh, again, it's rugby league is very relatable to a lot of Americans, a lot of North Americans, a lot of South Americans. So uh, it's there. It's a matter of working together now and harnessing a terrific product. And what about in Canada? What do you think the future of the game is there? say North America and, and the Americas, I certainly mean Canada, which you've got the Wolf back there, there's talk about other te- other professional teams coming in as well, you know, you, the landscape of rugby league in North America uh, over the next probably four or five years will be different, you know, there's, I guess there's a lot of talk around another team in Canada, another team in, in America being New York, so in the blink of an eye you've got three professional teams potentially in uh, a few years, so it's coming. Um, so, yeah, the growth is there. And now, again, it's just a matter of everybody working together to, to really unleash you know, a, a potential powerhouse sport and, uh, and making that uh, known in America and Canada. 
All right, Ben. Well, thank you for your time. It's been great talking with you. Glad you got the monkey off your back and uh, all the best for the future. Thanks very much and thanks for the support. Next up on the show is head coach of the Chilean national team, Rod Miller. You've seen them online and in print, so you know they specialize in authentic rugby league merchandise. When you want your favorite team's jersey, whether it's club or country, order it directly from MassCourtBrowns.com. MassCourtBrowns, proud partners of the USA Rugby League Show. If you need a better way to turn business leads into sales, choose Momencio. It's an event enablement tool for trade show exhibitors. Momencio is more than just lead capture. It gives customer engagement insights. For more information, go to Momencio.com. This is the USA Rugby League Show with your host, Brian Lowe. My pleasure now to welcome back to the USA Rugby League Show, Rod Miller, the head coach of Chile. Hey, Rod, nice to talk to you again. Thanks much, Brian. Thanks for calling me. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about why you're here in the United States. Obviously, the uh, Rugby League World Cup, America's region qualifiers, you've just done. Um, Chile went 0-2, perhaps not unexpectedly, perhaps Maybe not, but let's get your take on that. What did you think about... Let's talk about the first game uh, against the USA. What did you think about that? In reality, it was everything that I said expected. A very professional side of the United States, some quality footballers, um, very high standard of footballers, and a team that uh, that came out firing all guns blazing. We did match it up uh, a little bit in the beginning. We were going well. Um, we got some uh, injuries. Our halfback uh, got knocked out, unfortunately, just after an injury and had to uh, leave the field. Um, then we lost our, our front rower. That rattled us a little bit. However, I, the, the quality of opposition, you can't go past that. We, we were at a little bit uh, different levels, but we are only starting. We're, we're getting into that uh, into the uh, international games with uh, World Cup qualifiers. Then, you know, every country's got the best they can offer. Now we understand... The, we understand the uh, the quality of the opposition, and we just need to uh, learn from that and and grow our our football out. Uh, our development must to, must come up to that sort of standard if we want to compete in future. Yeah, it's a little different to the South American Championship, obviously, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah cheese and chalk, understandably. Um, I mean, we played Brazil. There was Brazil, Colombia, and Argentina involved. In reality, I don't believe there was any there was any um, players that had played either played NRL or uh, Queensland Cup or for an English club in any of those uh, of those opposition that we encountered. So realistically, the, the the competition was a little bit it was definitely high, much higher quality opposition, and rightly so, and that's what it should be. Yeah, but the flip side is that I'm sure you would agree that the experience that the uh, Chilean players got from this uh, series is probably a good thing, and uh, will will uh, hold you in good stead going going forward. Definitely, 100%. Um, we've learned so much. We took so much from every game, and we just know now. We know what what is required. I mean, we, we didn't know before. Um, I've been watching World Cups for a long, long time, and I knew what actually what needed to needed to happen. Um, but from Chile, Chile and Rugby League, we're starting. We know now. Uh, we've got to develop. We've got to develop the domestic league. Got to develop the young fellas coming through. You know, the 18, 19 year olds will be the ones that will take on um, in future and just develop them, develop their, their skills and develop them as players in order to be able to represent. But uh, I think we've allowed other nations to see that what's possible and we just need to grow 
um, and we un- we understand that. We really did not think that we were going to come in here and, and give everyone a, um, a good run. Got to come in and uh, be at, uh, com- competitive to the level at the level that, that, that the our opposition were at. But we have to grow. We the guys that uh, went out there 100% gave everything. They they did not uh, let up one little bit. So that was a great thing. That was the best thing that I took out of that. The Americans put 62 points on you in Game 1. The Canadians put 62 points on you in Game 2. Let's talk about the second game. What do you think about that? I thought it was a bit slower pace. Um, for us, we were a bit injured. We had um, two players, that uh, our main players, a halfback again, wasn't able to take the field, nor was our front rower, Jaden and Trent. But it started a little bit slower pace. We thought this is going to probably suit us um, because of the um, uh, the quality of the, play, the opposition we had. Um, but he got away from us a little bit. We managed to put a few points on, um, which was great. Uh, it was um, it was what we wanted to uh, to at least um, be on the board. A couple of good, really good moves. A little bit of heat, uh, perhaps um, exhaustion got to us a little bit. We were a, a little bit a, a bit tired from the first game. It was a very physical game. Our guys um, under, under, you know, knew that they were, they were in a game of football. Um, I had a few injuries, and we only had we got ended left with three reserves at the end. We finished with one reserve on the first day. So they're, they're the things that we need to learn. They're the things that we need to understand of what happens in international rugby league. But it was um, it was it was it was great. The Canadians were very strong, and understandably so. They, we, we knew they were going to be strong. Probably the score that we didn't want. We we hoped it would have been a bit closer, but. Um, you know, the quality of opposition again. Yeah, but you did. You actually did score a couple of tries in that game, and I think it was the same guy who got both. Thomas Carrillo, our fullback. Um, name will go in the record books. It's been the first um, the first person to score a try for Chilean rugby league, uh, a double of that. And uh, it was very good, very well deserved. I thought he had a pretty good game all, all round. Um, he had to cover and make a lot of defence when uh, uh, against America and Canada when they broke the line. Well, he was the one man that had to be there, and in most instances he was. So uh, that was really good. I was uh, quite pleased to have seen that he was the man that, that will go down and spin the guys at first, the first points for Chile in a World Cup qualifier. Yeah, good for him too. Now listen, Rod, what happens now going forward? What 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 do you do in, as far as the Chilean Rugby League is concerned? Uh, do you have another South American Championship you're looking at or, or what? Indeed, we've um, we're having some discussions with uh, um, with other t- other countries now. I've had a bit of a chat uh, to Canada, and uh, we want to see if we can actually try and make some uh, some uh, some more games um, in South with South America and perhaps Canada, but try to bring it down. Uh, it's no good having games where one team will win by such a large margin. We we are learning, and we need to play with opposition that we can actually match up uh, match up with. So we need to learn. Um, and, and both teams need to learn. So we're trying to think of something around a basic, a domestic team, not not with the international players or the players that are playing in other uh, English or Australian league. Um, that'll probably give us a little bit, uh, a bit more of a chance for us. Um, and trying to look at more uh, Latin American games. We're, we're looking at 2019, definitely. 2020, we're trying to organise another Latin American with uh, hopefully up to six or maybe more teams. So we're definitely working in the background to get more games, get uh, get our standards higher, our level higher. Our domestic league will start again in the, in March. Um, hopefully we'll have another two or three more teams that would uh, have started. So, yep, definitely no no going back now. We are we are moving moving ahead with this, and the domestic league is, is our future. All right. I want to touch on something you mentioned a little bit ago. I asked the same question to Ben Fleming. What was your feeling about the compressed schedule you all had? I mean, two double headers in the space of four days is tough. Huge, huge. 
huge for us um, when it was the first time that we were involved in this type of competition with that type of opposition. It was uh, it was tough. Um, yes, you know we were allowed to bring up you know up to thirty man squad, but due to the uh, the funding, um, a long way to come from Australia. Quite expensive to come to the states, even for the Chileans uh, from Chile's. It's it's not cheap to fly. Uh, the guys struggled to have to get funds. Yes, we, we did get provided funding. Um, that was good, but um, a lot of it had to come from from our own. So it was difficult. We would have liked to have had a few more players. Um, to give us a bit more of a, um, a selection, I suppose, or, or assistance for whoever guys, whoever was uh, injured. We did play with injuries on the second game. It was tough, back enough again. So I thought the schedule was a little bit, uh, yeah, it was a little bit too short. The double headers against tough opposition, and honestly, watching the Canadian and uh, USA game, I think they felt it also. I think there were some sore bodies out there uh, after the first round. Jamaica and Canada. It was a very tough game. Our game against the USA, even though the score would probably not indicate it, but it was a very physical game. And I think all players, or four, four teams, absolutely knew that, and um, and they felt it. So, in future, perhaps uh, larger squad, a little bit more time to prepare. We only found out uh, a few months prior to the qualifiers that we were in. So it didn't give us, but next time we'll have a bit more time to select players and perhaps to do fundraising in order to bring a larger squad to select from. Well, Rod, congratulations at least on uh, Chile representing South America, if you will, or Latin America, if you like, and getting to the uh, the qualifying series. And it was the first time, and as you say, it's brand new to you guys. So so good job, well done, and uh, and all the best for the future, mate. Thanks very much, Brian. I appreciate um, you taking the interest in us. And uh, anything that happens in Latin America, and you, know, you want to find out a bit more, please, by all means, happy to uh, let you know what we're um, what we're trying to do, and uh, also what the other nations how they're progressing. Because uh, I think we're going ahead. Uh, we'll, I think we'll be a force to reckon with in the future. Well, let's hope so. The final interview on this episode is with qualifying series tournament organizer Danny Kazanjian, and we'll be right back with that one. USA Hawks merchandise is must-have. Hats, supporters jerseys, polo shirts, and training shorts for men and women, all by Paladin, are available in the USA Rugby League store. Shop Paladin's USA Rugby League collection at usarl.org. Want more bang for your buck when advertising your business? You could advertise right here. Podcast advertising matches your business with the right listeners, and this could be your ad playing right now. For more info, visit usarl.org to be part of the USA Rugby League show. This is the USA Rugby League Show with your host, Brian Lowe. Well, welcome back to the show. Danny Kazanjian, Global Operations Manager with the Rugby League International Federation. How are you doing? Very well, Brian. Nice to be on the show again. Well, let's talk about the World Cup qualifications that concluded in Jacksonville. Um, first of all, what was your take? I know you weren't there physically but i'm sure you were kept up to speed what was your take on how it all went down yeah i was tournament director for the competition uh, so i interacted with all four participants for months preceding the event uh, and during the event as well so it's been well documented that this was the biggest um america's qualification competition in the sports history welcoming a team from a new continent in chile um, and overall, I think we can look back on this competition as a, a great success. We've got a new country that is about to take a bow in the Rugby League World Cup. One of the things that stands out for me was the the sheer jubilation 
upon the final whistle for the Jamaican team. And that's what World Cup qualification should elicit. And in the past, perhaps because there haven't been that many competing nations to create a sense of jeopardy for World Cup finals qualification, we're entering an era where there are more eligible nations with a realistic chance of getting into the World Cup finals. And that can only be a great thing for the sport. Yeah, let's talk about the games and the score lines and results themselves. Um, I don't think it surprised anyone that Chile was, was beaten in their uh, their two games and beaten fairly soundly. I mean, to be fair, they're, they're brand new at it. As uh, Rod Miller told us in an earlier segment on this show, uh, you know, they've still got a long way to go, still learning lots and all that kind of stuff. But it was just, they were just thrilled to be able to represent and be there. So from that perspective, as you said, it was the first time that we've had an expanded competition. So I guess we're all uh, in agreement that that, that it, it was a positive, wasn't it? Absolutely. Let's, let's not be frightened of perceptibly one-sided scores. You know, teams have to start somewhere. The, the road for Chile was as the most developed of the Latin American countries, and there was a number of the South American countries that wanted to be considered for for the tournament. But time was against them and they hadn't reached the level needed to become an affiliate member. So we fast-tracked Chile as an aff- affiliate member, which is the first Asia-Pacific Rugby League Confederation affiliate member. Um, and they were representative, representative largely of, of this burgeoning interest in, in South America. Um, I, I'll predict that in the next World Cup qualification in, for the 2025 event that you're going to have more Latin American countries vying for the uh, for the finals and you're going to have more more African teams vying for the finals as well so it's incumbent upon us, us now as the as the world governing body to make sure that we're able to service the aspirations of countries like Chile and their and their colleagues in South America to ensure that they get the proper kind of education, training and support to become more robust governing bodies and better equipped for, for future qualification attempts. OK, the other countries involved this time around, Canada and the US both finished one and one. The US obviously disappointed to, to lose in the, in the final game that would have got them uh, a third straight berth at a World Cup. But congratulations to Jamaica. Um, as you, you, t- you spoke about at the outset, uh, there was certainly jubilation on the Reggae Warriors' side when the final whistle went, and um, we look forward now to seeing how they uh, how they go in 2021. Yeah, a word first of all on Canada and USA. Both of those squads had much larger than the required minimum number of domestic quota players, and that's a credit to the strategy of Canada Rugby League Association and the United States Association of Rugby League. The quality of their domestic players is improving. A number of their domestically grown players uh, are playing in overseas competitions now to improve their own rugby league skills and, and uh, understanding. Um, so they're only going to get better. Uh, they, we, All of our nations need to grow participation to ensure that the quality of domestic competition breeds a, a higher standard for their own elite players. Jamaica, it's well documented, they've got the fourth highest participation in the in the RLEF after England, France and Wales. And credit to credit to the Jamaican Rugby League Association after 
let's not forget two uh, failed attempts at qualification for the for the 2013 and 2017 tournaments decided to keep their team together for those previous qualifications tournaments the team which everybody knows consists largely of uh, professional and semi-professional players based in England um, they didn't really keep them together and those players just congregated for the qualifying event but the JRLA has made a point of organising fixtures for the national team um, against strong sides in Europe uh, and so they were able to play a, a few games against the likes of Wales and, and, and Ireland um, which has really clearly benefited them and, and, and full congratulations to the JRLA board for their foresight and for, for maintaining that strategic outlook. Jamaica are now going all out to get their own ground. That's the legacy for them. And one of the big pluses of the 2021 World Cup is the legacy programme that the British government is funding. Um, and the Jamaican uh, ambition is, is very much in line, in line with that legacy programme. So they're going to immediately speak to the Sports Development Foundation in Kingston about trying to get funding for a, 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 a Jamaican rugby league ground that is at least a long lease uh, controlled by the JRLA. Let's talk about, if we can, about the the schedule, the compressed schedule of this tournament. We've had a couple of comments from from coaches earlier on on the show uh, that they were not necessarily complaining about it, but they certainly made observations that um, it made things a little more difficult because it was such a a squeeze in between first and second games. I mean, what three or four days? So, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a it's a a very uh, uh, well put observation. It would be in everybody's interest for us to have a, an extended rest period in between games. The very hard reality is that the uh, the nations themselves were supporting their own campaigns in, in addition to the RLIF giving them giving them grants. So there was an agreement from all parties that rather than extend for another uh, day or two, uh, the, the the format that we use would be the uh, the happiest medium for everybody. Okay, finally, Danny, uh, the USA, they're runners-up, as we said earlier. My understanding is they do have an opportunity, if they choose to take it, to compete in a world playoff group next year against you know a bunch of countries from other places, obviously. Is that how it works, or, or what? I mean, is it up to them, or do they automatically have to compete? No nation has to do anything. The format calls for the second-place America's team, to play against the winner of the Asia Pacific MEA uh, win, uh, group, so we're we're still discussing the format of the MEA APRLC qualification uh, uh, game or series with the interested parties in those two territories. Uh, the rules or the agreement does call for any match or series to be played in the second place America's home country. So we're uh, intending to finalise the, the MEA APRLC um, series as quickly as possible and then we'll, we'll begin discussing with the, with the USA the format for next year. But the, the final and 16th qualification place will be given to the winner of the, that, that series uh, next year. All right. So from all intents and purposes, as we uh, talk about it today, it looks like we'll be back in Jacksonville in about a year or so. Potentially, that's uh, that's uh, a, a, as good a guess as any. But we need to see what happens first of all with the MEA APRLC 
uh, event, and then um, and then we'll discuss with all parties what the best uh, best course of action is for everybody. Okay, Danny. Well, look, uh, it's been a pleasure again having you on the show. Good getting all the uh, the lowdown from you on the, on the series and, and what lies ahead. Thanks, Brian. And that's a wrap on this episode of the USA Rugby League Show. We sure trust you've enjoyed it. Thanks to our guests, our partners, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to stay tuned for our next podcast, and until then, stay well.